Hello friends, welcome to the third episode of the Field of View podcast. This is the video game commentary podcast. The host will offer commentary on the video game world. Subjects will be about developers, gaming communities, the games themselves, and so on and so on. These commentaries are the opinions of the host and the host alone. So with that, let's get started with this episode. How you guys doing out there? I'm still doing good. Hope you've had a pleasant day so far. My name is Brian, and I am your host. I am known on the Xbox side as Dreadnought78, and for those of you who know me, know that I've been playing a lot of Warframe, which we'll get into here in just a little bit of a uh, couple of seconds. I hope you got some video games in. Uh, if you listened to episode two. I said gaming can be a big stress reliever, and it's true in my case as well. Even though I don't have a particular hard job, but there's still stresses in life that everybody has. And some people do books. I wish I could do books. Some people watch TV. They love binge-watching whatever is on Netflix, and that's great as well. Some people build. Some people go running, which, honestly, I wish I could too. But mine is video games and sometimes watching movies too, but I I hope you guys have had some time to do your stress reliever. It's video games, I mean, right now we're in a pretty good spot for video games and being stress relievers because there's going to be a lot of good games come out here in the near future. A lot. Of, I was mentioning uh, a minute ago about being able to read a book. And I really wish I could. There's a lot of good books out there. I have bought a lot of good books from my favorite team in college football, the University of Alabama. I bought the Bruce Springsteen biography. I have a biography on Johnny Cash because I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. Uh, Also, I used to live in D.C. for a year, and one of my favorite monuments to go to was the Lincoln Memorial. And I have a lot of books on Lincoln we even own Harry Potter books, which Harry Potter books are great. I own, I'm just looking through my books right now on my shelf that's like right in front of me right now, if it, in case you can't tell. But yeah, I've had read some books before. I'm not completely illiterate or anything, but I really wish I could sit down and read a book and finish it. A lot of those books that I mentioned, I'm still working on them. It's, it's quite hilarious. Um, my mother, on the other hand, she'll read a book. She'll probably read about three or four books in a week, maybe even five, really, just depending on what kind of week she's having. I really wish I could do, be that person. I feel like if I read more books, I'd be a whole lot smarter. Um, I mean, you're probably saying right now, well, dude, just go out and do like audiobooks. Yeah, that may work, but I usually don't ever listen to anything unless I'm in the car, and a lot of times... When I'm listening in the car, if I don't have music going on, I will have like podcasts, like some of the really great podcasts that I listen to, um, like the Destiny Reset podcast, the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. Here lately, I've been listening to one of my friend's sports podcasts. It's called Sideline Warning. They're really great guys. Um, 
if you're not from the South, you may not enjoy it because they mostly talk about Alabama football or SEC football or anything going on in the South. But that's particularly what I listen to when I'm in the car. And sometimes I find myself doing that whole thing of not really paying attention to what I'm listening to. I'm like zoned out for whatever reason. So I have a feeling that if I were to do an audiobook, I would probably do the exact same thing and I'd end up like going back 30 seconds, maybe even a minute. Who even knows? Like, wait, what were they talking about? I'm, oh, crap. Hold on one second. And when you're driving like that, you shouldn't be on your phone trying to go back on a uh, on a track. It's very dangerous. Kids, don't text and drive. Don't even look at your phone. Regardless of that, what I need to do is I really need to work on my mindfulness when it comes to things like that. Um, we're a work in progress, uh, no matter what age we are. I mean, I will be... 40 in a couple of months and I'm still working on myself there's still some things that I need to work on but whenever the stresses of life happen I'll go to video games and for at least a couple of hours depending on however long I'm playing depending on if I get tired at night it maybe end up being four hours who knows if I'm playing with some of my buds that could get a little bit longer but for those particular minutes or hours that I'm doing that it takes my mind off of what's going on in my life and I think that the way that the world is right now that's a really good thing to have so I encourage you to go out and find your stress reliever and if it's video games and if you want to play Warframe, Destiny, any of the new games that are coming out that my I might end up getting which will probably be a lot especially during Christmas send me a message on Xbox I'll be more than happy to play around with you Whatever game it is, as long as it's a game that I have. PUBG for one. Alright, so let's go over my weekend gaming. And I kind of already mentioned what I've been playing. It's been Warframe. This game has its hooks on me. I never really thought of myself as a gamer who would just love to grind for things. And Warframe is a really grindy game. Now, for those of you who don't understand the... Don't understand what grind or the grind means. It is basically when you're playing a video game and there are so much stuff out there that you have to do, whether it be going and getting this type of material to create this type of weapon or armor or even a vehicle. It doesn't really matter. Um, and what can make a game so grindy is having so much stuff to go out and find and it takes a while to find that stuff or get enough of that stuff is what I'm trying to get at to where you can actually build what you're trying to do. And Warframe is this game that has a lot of stuff to build, a lot of resources to gather, and it can take a while to gather the amount of resources that you will need to get this particular item. Some people can be really turned off by that, and I get it. I thought that I was that way. It's like, I don't want to sit here for five hours and find all this material and then f maybe in that five hours get what I need to get this particular item. For whatever reason, Warframe, it's a lot of fun. I don't know if it has to do with the whole space ninja kind of aspect to it. Getting the resources is really not that big of an issue. Some of the resources are on the different planets that is all over this game. And there's planets and moons that are based in our solar system. It's not some alien 
far off galaxy like say Star Wars or I almost said Star Trek but even Star Trek has far off galaxies to where like you're not going to know what this planet is but there's Earth, Mercury, Venus and they all have different resources you can gather from these planets. Case in point I've been trying to build this Warframe called Rhino and the way that you have to do this and I'll go over this as quickly as I can you have three parts to get this Warframe, which is basically a suit of armor. You have to unlock the blueprint number one, and doing certain things will get you that blueprint. But you can also go into the store and buy the blueprint for the in-game currency, or it can spend your own money, however you want to play. But after I did this particular planet, or I unlo unlocked, I think I unlocked Mercury, and I got the Rhino blueprint for unlocking Mercury. Once you get the blueprint, you have to get the three pieces for the Warframe, uh, which are your your body chassis, your helmet, and I think your systems. So once I got the blueprint, I had to get the blueprint for those three pieces. Okay, easy enough to do. Then you have to get the materials to create those three pieces for the Warframe. That requires some pieces, some resources on other planets. One in particular, right now, what I'm stuck on right now, but not really stuck on, is getting the chassis, all the parts for the chassis to build it. And there's a particular resource that is only on these other planets. And it's really hard to get if you don't unlock these planets. So you have to go through and you have to go through all the different steps to unlock a particular planet. Luckily, there is a way around it. If you have a friend or if you connect via their forums or you're in a clan and somebody has that planet unlocked you can team up with them go over that planet and again this is where the grind gets in going through that particular planet particular missions and getting that particular resource so right now I'm stuck on I think I need about 100 or so of this particular resource alright once I have that resource I can build the chassis Alright, so now I have my three parts. And it takes 12 hours to build this one particular part. You have a foundry, and that's where it builds. Once you get all the resources, it builds. And a lot of those things that you need to build can take 12 hours, an hour. For the Warframe parts, it's 12 hours. Alright, so once I have all these three parts, right? <laughs> then I have to build the Warframe. Cool! How long is that going to take? 72 hours. I have to wait for this oh and I know some of you probably listening to this is probably like thrown off like nope not gonna do it sorry I'm just not about that I get it I thought I wasn't about that either but there is just something about this game that makes me want to keep playing it makes me want to unlock all the things I don't get it I never thought I would be able to do this I would sit and play a game but I think what really makes this game is this gameplay you have your even though you're supposed to be a space ninja, you have a gun, and you have two guns, and particularly any kind of gun. You've got bows, you've got regular rifles, you got shotguns, uh, you can have throwing knives, you can do a pistol, and you also have a melee weapon. So that becomes like swords, they have a hammer, which I'm actually crafting a hammer, which when I get done with this broadcast before I have to go into work today... I'm going to see if I have that hammer unlocked and I may run around and start smashing things in Warframe. But you get the idea. The gameplay is just so awesome. 
You've got particular moves you can do with these melee weapons. You rank up, you make the guns more powerful to where when you shoot at an enemy, it may be like a freezing damage, so it may slow them down a little bit. It may set them on fire. There are all these different mods you can put on this, and again, that that gets into the grind as well, having all these mods. Needless to say, long story short, I really hate it when people say that. Long story short, this game is very grindy, but it's just so much fun, and I recommend this game because it is a free-to-play game. You don't have to spend a dime if you don't want to on this game. You can download it for free, and you can get everything in the game that you can pay for as well. What makes this game so interesting is that this developer, Digital Extremes, they put so much of their heart and soul into this game. They have taken a free-to-play game, which everybody told them that, yeah, this game looks awesome, but you'll fail because you won't be able to update. But they update it. They update it about weekly. Regardless of whatever platform you're on, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and it's coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Crazy, right? They have made it their goal to make sure this game is up and running, great, fun, and they update it so many times. They put so much care into this game is what I'm trying to get at. It makes you want to spend money on it. And I haven't yet spent money on it, but I will. Because I want this developer to keep going. The way they make their money is through you, me, all the gamers who play Warframe buy the things that are in the game. Whether it's like a $5 Platinum, which is the currency you need to go into the market and buy the actual thing without buying the blueprint with the in-game currency. That's where they get their money from. And if you love this game, you want to give them money. You want them to keep going. You want them to keep all the cool things. And there's a lot of good things that they have planned out there that's going to be really good. I just realized this is turning into a Warframe episode and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it yet. So I'm going to go ahead and end that. You can probably get my excitement. Uh, maybe next week I'll do a Warframe episode and we'll actually have something planned. So stay tuned for the Warframe episode. I think it's going to be really great. Regardless of that, this game's a lot of fun and I definitely recommend it. I recommend it a lot. All right, so let's let's get into the show topic. I've got some great ideas for future shows and I found myself this week trying to figure out which one I wanted to do. And I kind of copped out a little bit because this is the easiest episode for me to do any kind of like typing on my computer, bringing up show notes, doing research. And the reason that I decided to do this episode right now is, number one, I really want you guys to get to know what kind of gamer I have been and what gamer I am now. The other two thing is, I kind of procrastinated, which is one of the reasons why this episode will probably be a little bit later. I wanted to talk about my gaming memories that I've had in my near 40 years of life. And I decided to do this as kind of like shoot from the hip kind of thing. There are probably going to be a lot of pauses that I may just get so frustrated without having to edit them out, but I wanted to be more of a genuine, organic kind of episode, just like if we were sitting in front of each other, this is what we're talking about. Hey, what's your gaming memories? Here's mine. What's yours? That kind of thing. So without further ado, let's get into this show topic. Show topic. See, I'm shooting from the hip. Let's get into the show's topic called Gaming Memories. So what I want to start off with, with the gaming memories, 
was back in the years of 1980s. Yep, I remember the 80s. Well, I remember as much as a kid can remember the 80s. There are some people that don't remember the 80s because they were doing extracurricular things. When I grew up in the 80s, there was some great things. Great movies, great musicians, great presidents. Yeah, Reagan was a great president for me. It's the kid thing in me. He always will be the greatest president because he was the first president when I was a kid. But what's also great about the 80s is that it brought forth video games in the home. Growing up in probably like the 70s and definitely in the early 80s and even into the 90s, there were these things, kids, now listen to this, I know this is kind of crazy. There are these things called arcades. And the only time you could play video games was going to the arcades. And you had to go to them. You had to beg your parents to go to the arcades. And you had to have money because you had to put a quarter in. Whenever you died, if you wanted to keep playing, you had to put another quarter in. And another quarter. I know it's crazy, right? But this is how we played video games. Until a little company out of Japan called Nintendo decided to bring forth their great device called the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was a way for us to have video games in our homes. Which I'm sure a lot of parents probably like, oh my god, what is happening? Why are they doing this to me? Which honestly, with the way Fortnite's going right now, a lot of parents are probably doing that. Oh my god, why is he, Why do they keep playing Fortnite? But back in the day, it was a new technology. We never really thought that we would have video games in our homes. And it was really easy to set up. You bought the Nintendo Entertainment System. You had two controllers. You would plug it into the TV. You would turn it on and bingo, you had video games. As long as you bought the video games. It wasn't like the way, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen the uh, classic NES system out there where all the games were stored onto it. And I need to get one of those things. I need to get, I really need to get the Super Nintendo. We're, we're procrastinating. Um, but when I was growing up, and I've said this in the first episode, one of my my first memories of gaming was actually when I played a tank game on an Atari 2600 at my great-grandfather's house. I don't know why he had an Atari, but whatever. But one of my other memories about video games was playing the NES at my cousin in Nashville's house. So, like I said in the first episode, just to kind of recap the story, I played Excite Bike at my uh, cousin's house, liked it, Asked for it for Christmas, and I ended up getting a Nintendo with Mario and Duck Hunt, and I had the Zapper. I got Excite Bike. I got a wrestling game. I think it was WrestleMania, because I was into wrestling when I was a kid at that age. And I also got a game that I never, to my life, understand how I got this game. It was a Legend, the Legend of Zelda game, and it was a gold-colored cartridge. It almost looked like actual gold, really. I never really understood how I got this game. My grandmother on my dad's side, which I called my granny, my granny got it for me for Christmas. They, um, My parents and my granny figured, hey, we'll go into, if you buy the system, we'll buy them these games. Okay, which games does he want? He mentioned Excite Bike. Okay, any others? I don't know. I'm just kind of paraphrasing whatever conversation that my parents had with my granny at the time. So whenever she went out to get these games, I know she got a psych bike 
and she must have saw that there was a WrestleMania game because the WrestleMania game during the uh, NES was Hulk Hogan ripping his tank top shirt apart. And she probably saw that and like, perfect, he loves wrestling, let's get that one. I don't know why she got me The Legend of Zelda. I don't know if wherever she got these games from, it could have been KB Toys, it could have been Walmart. That's probably the only other place that she could have probably gotten them. Whoever was working at whatever it was, KB Toys, I have a feeling it was KB Toys. Whoever the person was working during that day and helping my granny figure out which game she was going to get me. Whoever mentioned Legend of Zelda, hey, this game is great, get him this. I wish I could thank that person, whoever it was, because this game, when I was playing the NES, became a lot of great memories for so many years. It was a great game. I mean, it started out, you walked into a cave, and this old man's like, hey, it's dangerous out here, take this, and gave you your first sword. And you went off, and you dungeon crawled. You went through all these different dungeons, and you got pieces of the Triforce because you're trying to save the princess, Zelda. It's kind of funny, I, I think about this, that a lot of people thought that the character that you played in The Legend of Zelda was named Zelda. No, it was Link. It was his name. It's been his name ever since. Zelda was who you were here to rescue. Yeah, I know. It's, it's that whole story of man saves woman. I get it. In later Legend of Zelda's games, I mean, she became very powerful and very... You know, like, yeah, she got captured, but she could easily got out of it, honestly, guys. But during this time in the 80s, when I was playing Legend of Zelda, it was just a huge game. And it was the only game that, at the time, I remember, you can actually save your progress. A lot of games, you know, because it was a cartridge game in the NES days. And it was, it's been cartridge days with Nintendo ever since. But in those days... You couldn't save your progress. It was particular, kind of like arcade style, where you went to the arcade. If you died, you started all the way over. Legend of Zelda, you could stop at a particular point. And there were some rules. You couldn't stop in the middle of a dungeon and save your progress in that dungeon. And then a couple hours later or the next day, go back and you would be right at that particular dungeon spot. I mean, you could still save it, but when you go into a dungeon, you had to start all over. But you could still save your progress. And it was really... At the time, it was revolutionary. I think the way that they did this is they had a battery inside the cartridge that saved your progress. And that way, you didn't have to... Um, what am I trying to say here? You saved your progress and you could keep your progress is what I'm trying to say. This was one of my favorite games. Now, I still played Mario. Mario was great. Super Mario Brothers. I played Duck Hunt. It was great. Sometimes, whenever... Alright, I'm a pet lover, guys. Don't get me wrong. I mean, right now as I'm recording, my little dog is sitting right next to me while I'm doing this. But when I was playing Duck Hunt, you'd miss a duck. That dog would come up and laugh at you. And yeah, I probably shot at that dog, but you didn't kill him. It was it was the 80s. We didn't do this. It wasn't like Grand Theft Auto or actually a game. What game am I playing right now where you could shoot the animals? I can't remember, but... It's not that realistic back in the 80s. But I played all those games, and but I love Legend of Zelda. Um, one particular reason that I love Legend of Zelda because you could go through, you could find all these secret things, you were collecting the Triforce to defeat the boss Ganon and save the Princess Zelda. And there were so many like secrets. like It wasn't like handed to you. Like, you do this level, you were given this. It had that. But also in the world that you would walk around, you could find particular secrets. Like, you could touch this statue, and the statue would start moving, and it could kill you. 
But if you touch this statue, it would move away the stairs. You can immediately dart down those stairs. And all of a sudden, there was like extra rubies, which was the currency. Or maybe there was even something that made you powerful to where you could move a blocks, like stone blocks. And you can uncover all different kinds of things. And it was really helpful in the dungeon to where you could like skip through. All that stuff is great. But what really made it great was I played it with my another cousin that I had when I was growing up in Alabama. I had Legend of Zelda. He didn't have it. But whenever he'd come over to my house, either definitely during Christmas and Thanksgiving, we always spent time with them. They would come over to our house and we'd have Thanksgiving dinners with my other grandmother, my mama, because yeah, mama could cook. But he would come over certain times or I'd, we'd come over to their house and I'd bring Legend of Zelda. And Again, this was a... Uh, this was a game that saved your progress, and he created a character on my game. And we played and played and played. Some other games we would play too, but we'd always go back to Legend of Zelda. I remember one time I let him borrow it for like a couple of weeks. Um, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You can borrow this. That's fine. And actually, I think he, I think he kept it for a couple of weeks more. So he kept it like a month, whatever. When I got it back, and I plugged it in. My character was always number one. His character was number two. And I don't even remember if we even had a third character. Because you could have three characters on, on Zelda. But I popped it in. I turned it on. And all of a sudden, his character was number one. My character was number two with nothing on it. And then we had the third whatever. And I got so mad at him. I was like, what did he do? Did he delete my character? Oh, well, we're not standing for this. I'm going to delete his character. Because his character... You could always tell on Zelda however many hearts you have. So that's like your progress tracker. I remember I had like probably like nine or ten hearts. He he probably had the same amount. But now looking at the characters, like number one, he was number one. I was number two. Like I was always number one. He was always number two. He now has five hearts. I have three. What did he, he deleted my character? So what did I do? I deleted his character. I mean, like seriously, dude, you deleted my character. It was probably like maybe like a month or two before we saw each other for whatever reason. And I asked him, I was like, hey, why did you delete my character on Zelda? And he's like, why did you delete your character? Oh, there was like a power surge and when I was playing it and when I turned it back on, all our characters were erased. I'm like, okay, whatever. He's like, no, seriously, I promise. And I believed him. I said, well, I'm sorry, dude, I... I thought you deleted my character, so I deleted your character. He's like, oh, no, you didn't. No, I had gone pretty far back. And whatever. He wasn't mad at me, and I wasn't mad at him. It's not like I hated him for the rest of my life because he deleted my character on Zelda, you know. I was a very mature kid. And in some ways, he was also a very mature kid, too, as well. He wasn't mad at me for it. We just started over. And those are the memories that I have for playing Zelda. And the reason that I bring up Zelda is because it was it was a great game. I didn't play really any other Zelda games. I didn't play Zelda 2 when it came out. I don't know why. I didn't like maybe the, the way that the game was going. The way it looked. It wasn't that top-down dungeon-crawling game. It had like a, uh, a side-scrolling kind of thing going for it. Whatever. The reason I bring up Zelda and these great memories is because... As we got older, me and my cousin, Chad, I don't think I even mentioned his name. I'll mention his name now because what I'm about to say really tugs at the heartstrings. As we got older and our, like, you know, teen years, 
on into our 20s, we sort of lost touch. I mean, I knew he was still around. And I could have easily, like, got with him. I could have easily, you know, like, reached out to him. But I didn't. We all grow, we all grow apart. You know, my mom would keep me in, in touch with him. Like, you know, hey, Chad's been doing this. I found out during one conversation, like, hey, did you hear Chad joined the army? I'm like, oh, no, he didn't jo- He joined the army. And this was around uh, early 2000s when 9-11 happened and we were going over to Afghanistan. And he actually did, I think, two tours in, Af- in Afghanistan. I know where you think I'm going with this, but it's not quite there. He didn't die over in Afghanistan. He served his two terms. He decided to come back home. He started his own life and he ended up dying tragically in a motorcycle accident and I didn't actually find out about that he died in a motorcycle accident because my mom didn't find out about it until I believe at the time I was living in Tuscaloosa trying to go to the University of Alabama trying to get my degree going she called me up one day and she's like hey just to let you know Chad was in an accident in a motorcycle accident and he he died I didn't go to the funeral because when we found out the funeral had already happened, like I said, we lose touch even with family in our lives. And it's really sad that I didn't really reconnect with him. I think the last time I probably talked to him was, I think is when I was going off to Alabama. He had like stopped at the house with his dad and we had talked for a little bit. And then I, we went about our own separate ways. And I really wish I had kept in touch with him. But at least I have these memories of playing Zelda with him. And they're really great memories. And this is how I remember, I remember people. I remember the memories, you know. Some people that I've disconnected with and have like passed on like family members. I don't really like going to the funerals, but I probably should. I just don't really remember them as lying in that coffin. I want to remember them the last time that I saw them. They were alive and we talked or whatever. They were happy. So that's how I always remember Zelda is my granny, who is also no longer with us, got me this game. And I played it with my cousin Chad, and we had a lot of good memories playing it. Alright, I think I'm going to end the episode right there. To be honest, I actually had an hour and a half's worth of content. And when I was going through the editing, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, are my listeners really going to sit down or drive in the car and listen to me for an hour and a half? Probably not. I don't think I'm there yet. I went through at least one more NES game. I had Sega Genesis Years, Honorable Mention to Dreamcast, OG Xbox, Xbox One. And I even forgot that I even owned a GameCube at one time, and I had an Xbox 360 too, which I think I didn't mention in one story, but I just decided that, you know, that's a good point to end the episode. I'll end up doing more of these gaming memories. Um, I feel like I have a lot of good ones. They definitely mean something to me. They were moments in life to where I felt great. And even today, I still think about those memories, and I smile. So, I'm going to be doing more of these gaming memory episodes, and I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm just blown away by 
you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to me talk. I really appreciate it. And I'd love to hear some of your gaming memories as well. I'm sure you've got great ones. So please feel free to reach out to the podcast here. I'm on Twitter at FOV Podcast. And if you want to send me an email, great. It is fieldofviewpod at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing some of your, or reading some of your uh, great gaming memories that you might have. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you all have a great week. I hope you all get some gaming in. So with that, you stay classy out there and game on.